How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with a new category here musicals. Yeah. How about that? How about that? So if we randomly break out into song to show you how our character is developing, don't be surprised. I'm starting to feel a bit excited about this review. Hopefully it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Wow. Anyways, um, who picked this first one? It was you, Terry, wasn't it? I picked this one, yes. Yeah, back in high school, I did a a talk. Is that what you call those? A presentation. I did a presentation about... (laughs) Did you do a TED Talk on this movie? (laughs) He did a TED Talk on Little Shop of Horrors. I was taking some theater class in high school, and they had us all pick a musical and listen to it and then do like a brief presentation about it. And so I listened to that musical, like the music from this movie, several times over, and then, yeah, I did my talk, but I never actually watched the movie. So I kind of wanted to see like what it was like with the visual element. Well, what movie is it, Terry? Oh, uh, it's Little Shop of Horrors. The one with the plant. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors was released in 1986. Currently on IMDb, it has a 7.0 out of 10 and an 81 Metascore. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 90% tomato meter and a 79% audience score. This is pretty high across uh, all the board. And I guess just a quick synopsis of this one. It's a musical, so there's a lot of music numbers in this one. But we have, um, what, what's his name? Rick Moranis. Dark Helmet. Yeah, yeah, Dark Helmet. He plays a florist who somehow obtains this plant from outer space after an eclipse and, uh, what, something crashed or was it lightning? I don't remember exactly, even though he tells the story like five times. It just showed up. It just appears. And he gets this plant that can, well, it develops the ability to talk later on but it keeps growing and it saves the uh the floral shop that he works at and the, oh, i forgot to say but this movie is directed by frank oz yeah that's yoda right mm-hmm. oh yeah i love yoda the puppet guy who did yoda the muppets they done a lot of puppetry sesame street cookie monster oh yeah so he knows what he's doing yeah probably a good choice for this one yes and the the plant in this movie gets real big and it is all a puppet yeah it's huge yeah it's operated by like a bunch of different people too yeah it's impressive it's real good <laughs> yeah i can't even imagine the logistics yeah of having like seven people moving things around all at once to a musical number at that lip syncing yeah <laughs> yeah they actually lip sync it up really well you know they do this is such a weird thing i feel like so the plant right it looks kind of like a sort of fly trap But I feel like they do a really good job with the lips on this puppet. They do. Like, those lips give it all the personality. And he's got, like, the lips, they curl up into, like, a smile and stuff like that. That's crazy. So much emotion and expression in these lips for a plant. Like, if you can get a screenshot of this thing, it's literally a giant flytrap with, like, human red lips. Yeah. (laughs) Disturbing. (laughs) Anyway, so what did you guys think of this one? Little Shop of Horrors. This is actually a remake of a movie from the 60s. Yeah, I had no idea. But that is not a musical, correct me if I'm wrong. It is not, and I do not recommend it. So just like a cheesy sci-fi movie with a talking plant? Yeah, except for the talking plant doesn't show up until like the very end, and it's just hours 
of Seymour being a loser. Oh. <laughs> and it's not played by Rick Moranis. I know most of us are not musical people besides Fox. Yeah, our resident musical expert. He's our musical expert here. Let's not go nuts now. He was in musicals. Yeah. Fox sang on stage. Oh, yeah. I guess so. I kind of forgot about that part of my life. Fox is a performer. All right, musical expert. Yeah, tell us about this one. Well, this is like, I think, the fourth or fifth time I've seen this one, actually. And it really kind of grew on me this time. I think in part because I've, I don't know, you know, in college I went through like a TV show phase. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I didn't really watch a lot of TV shows besides like cartoons and Seinfeld when I was a kid. Nice. <laughs> no. So it wasn't until college that I watched a bunch of shows that I realized what an impact this film had culturally. It's referenced in all kinds of stuff. Which made it kind of fun this time around. And yeah, I feel like, you know, I I hadn't even like, before I'd even listened to the musical for that class in high school, I feel like I knew the line, feed me Seymour. Like, I think yeah. I knew that and just from the cultural zeitgeist before I'd even seen the movie or listened to the, the soundtrack. It's kind of a weird, like, cross, like, genre movie in that it's a goofy sci-fi with a massive puppet and a musical. Definitely in that Rocky Horror vein. Yeah, it's kind of like a B-movie musical. Yeah, it really is. The characters in this movie are very B-movie stereotypes. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> I didn't know Steve Martin was in this, but his character cracked me up. Oh, yeah. He was great. Man, I didn't even realize that was Steve Martin till the end in the credits. I was like, what? Because <laughs> his hair's not gray, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's black. <laughs> He's looking like a greaser. There are so many cameos in this movie. There are. Him and Bill Murray have the best part of the movie, though. <laughs> Bill Murray's so funny. He is. It's just him, like, ad-libbing and riffing stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> I thought it was just, eh, I don't know. I thought it went on way too long. <laughs> of course. Nah, it was great. It was pretty good. I did enjoy that scene quite a bit. And there was no, like, musical number there. It was just the two guys being super goofy, Steve Martin and uh, Bill Murray. I want to say I read trivia somewhere that this was the first and only movie that they were together performing together anyways. As two big comedians. Really? Oh, that's too bad. They're both big around the same time. That's crazy that they didn't get together. But yeah, even on top of Steve Martin and Bill Murray, I mean, there's Jim Belushi, the lesser of the brothers. John Candy. I love John Candy's scene as the radio host. I didn't know that was him either. That blew my mind, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that's what I wish our podcast was. Like, we gotta get some weird little, like, musical instruments or something. Christopher Guest is in there just hanging out. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I did like that scene when he's sitting in the waiting room and looking at all the other weird stuff that people brought. Pretty sure that old lady had like a Hellraiser box or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she looks really happy about it. <laughs> well, some people are into that kind of thing, I guess. Oh, like Steve Martin. Yeah. His character kind of creeped me out a little more this time around. Really? Oh. He's too goofy to be creepy. 
is pretty goofy, but the, I don't know, the, the concept of a guy who's a total sadist and is totally a serial killer on a side, on the side, finding a career as a dentist is like, I don't know, did you guys have good dentists as kids? I mean... Yeah, for the most part. I guess. I didn't like the dentist, but... I hate the dentist. Like, thinking back, like, my dental hygienist was super nice, super gentle, but then the dentist comes in and she, like, pries your mouth open <laughs> and she's like, let me stick this thing in here hmm looks real good back there let me jab this over here hmm don't know about that let me zap you with this shot real quick as she's like jerking your head around i don't know huh. <laughs> my dentist was super rough <laughs> mine wasn't that bad i didn't like it but it wasn't that bad I did think it was hilarious. I did not. I'd forgotten that he's a dentist in this movie because I, you know, I'd listen to musicals like, "When's the crazy dentist coming in?" Well, here's the boyfriend. I remember that. And I was like, "But where's the dentist coming?" And then when he's like, "I finally found a profession that's perfect for me, the dentist," and I just started laughing. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty funny. That's a pretty good joke." That is a good joke. <laughs> I liked how I could tell that Steve Martin was just having an absolute blast with this role. Like, he was loving it. He was acting it up. He even had his poses on point. Like, he had some, like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure poses, you know, going in there. And I was digging that. I'm sad he wasn't in it more. I know, right? There's all these great cameos that are really there for a super short time. I don't even know why we have the Bill Murray scene. <laughs> yeah, that's my complaint with it, yeah. What's the point? <laughs> it's so gratuitous, but so amusing. It's so funny, though. It's so funny. Like, it obviously, I guess, kind of leads into a plot point, but it seems like a really iffy explanation. For said plot point. It was kind of funny, but I was just like, let's get on with it. I want to see Rick Moranis chop people up. Which we didn't get to see. They cut away from it. So, I actually got a, a question about that. You mentioned that they had a different cut of the movie. And I was looking at all the photos here on IMDb. And there's a ton of stuff in the photos that aren't in the movie. Like, Rick Moranis carrying Steve Martin's head around. After he's chopped him up and then the plant like growing super big and getting on the Statue of Liberty and destroying the town. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where was this movie at? I want to see that. <laughs> you know, from what I've gathered from just the general research we do for these is that there was a very B-movie horror flick made with music in the audience. The test audience was like, you know, we really like the music. And the funny stuff, but we really don't like all the horror stuff. And they cut a lot of that for the final cut. Oh, that's too bad. I could have used more of that, yeah. I would have liked it to be just over the top. I also can't help but wonder if there was maybe some kind of Academy Oscar politics going on there as well. Might have been, but did they really expect to get an Oscar for, like, best picture for this film? I think it was unexpected to be nominated at all. I mean, like, special effects would be, like, their biggest bet, I think, for this movie. Yeah, for the plant. Because the plant looks awesome. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I could have... I wish they kind of would have went more, like, balls to the walls with it. Because it's, like, there. You know, like, when he's, like, feeding him blood and stuff, I was starting to get a little grossed out already just because he's <laughs> dripping the blood into his mouth. And, see, like, it actually shows you the blood, which... It just seemed like weird, like, you might as well just go all in on it. Yeah. I wanted him to, like, get a dude 
and like hang him up with the little IV dripping blood and onto oh the plant or something. Oh. Just keep him in the basement. I don't know. It sounds like there was several factors, but mostly that whatever test audience they had was just really opposed to the more horror-esque elements. I'd much rather have seen the movie and the pictures here on IMDb than what we got. Because it seems a lot more interesting, a lot more more goofy, I guess. So that was what I liked best in this movie, was all the goofiness. Like, Steve Martin was awesome. Him and Bill Murray were awesome. And then everything with the plant was really good, too. But everything else, I was kind of like, hit or miss on. I, I do think they could have gone more in a B-80s, you know, over-the-top direction than they did. I didn't really care about the main character or his love interest that much. Rick Moranis? Yeah, I mean, he does fine. I love Rick Moranis. It's just, I don't know, the characters weren't that great, I don't think, in this one for him and Audrey. I just didn't care much about him. I wanted to see more with the plant. I was like, bring the plant back, please. <laughs> yeah. The plant steals the show. Every time it's on screen, I'm happy. Yep. Me too. And then when it starts talking and getting more involved, I was like, oh yeah, we're getting somewhere. And then they kind of just go back to Rick Moranis and the love story. Then it has the awesome Mean Green whatever thing. Mother from Outer Space. Yeah. Mean Green Mother song. And I was like, all right, this is this is what I wanted to see out of this movie because this is awesome. <laughs> I'd agree with that. I think I like Rick Moranis all right. I think he does a really good job you know, acting out the part. Eva Green is like, I don't like her voice that much, but she's kind of putting on a voice. Was that a fake voice? Yeah, I looked up an interview with her just to make sure it wasn't her actual voice. And I think, yeah, she's just putting on a high-pitched, nasally voice, kind of like a Harley Quinn-esque voice from like the animated series. Oh, we were literally like, man, this chick should have been Harley Quinn back in the day. No, I couldn't stand listening to her. I couldn't either. When she started, she started belting out like in the song, like when she really like let loose, I was like, oh man, now she sounds great. But then when she just talks normally, it's ugh. I think it is kind of annoying. Yeah, that direction was really bad on Frank Oz's part. She's the only member of the off-Broadway cast to appear in this movie. Ah, okay. Interesting. And when she sings, yeah, she's awesome. But everything else in this movie, the and it's the direction that was given to her, I think, is awful for me. I I hated her character every time she was on screen because of her voice. It was very, it's very grating, which is a shame because, like, yeah, well, she's the best singer in the movie. I mean, she's part off-Broadway. Or whatever, so that's to be expected, but I was like, you kind of disservice her character and her singing ability by having her <laughs> talk in that awful nasally voice the whole time. Because she hits some like lower frequencies with her singing, and I'm like, whoa, Like if I could just have this the whole time, this would be great. Yeah, she can belt it out. It's awesome. She's kind of a weird character. Well, I, She's like a joke character, I guess, is kind of her deal. You know, she's meant to be a parody of, like, a Mary Sue. Is she? Yeah. Like in the Suddenly Seymour song, how it's so horrible to hear her go, Suddenly Seymour, all those times. I don't know, she's supposed to be a parody of that. But I feel like 
the only people who appreciate it are musical people, but they're not like, ha ha, that's a parody. They're like, ha ha, this is awesome. See, I didn't get that at all. She felt more like the damsel in distress type of thing, but twisted a little bit. Right? It's like a very weird way they went about it. And I don't feel like they should have gone for the joke. Well, yeah, because it flew over all our heads. <laughs> I thought she was just generic love interest, you know. But she's like, you know, flawless, perfect. She's not flawless. She has terrible um, self-esteem. <laughs> right, I don't know. I guess that's meant to be one of her, I don't know, that archetype of hot but doesn't know it kind of thing. Oh. A parody of that. I feel like she was supposed to be the most relatable character in this movie because she actually feels like a genuine person for most of this movie, but it wasn't done well enough because what I remember from this movie mostly what makes this movie special is the plant steve martin bill murray those kind of wacky things in this movie make it special to me because i don't care about the love interest stuff at all in this movie like rick moranis was fine but he wasn't super special in this movie to me either it was those other performances that make this movie actually like somewhat decent to me i do think it's unfortunate that like the main character is like the ultra nice guy and his love interest is a satire of like the perfect love interest. It, I, yeah, I don't know if it plays super well. Well, doing the super nice guy plot for your main character is usually pretty boring for the most part. It's entertaining in how he's a complete idiot um, for the whole film <laughs> and you're just sitting there going, all right, how much longer is this plant going to dupe him into doing these things? But that only gets you so far um, because, I mean, he's not very interesting. So it's hard to have your main character be the ultra nice guy and not have him be like a side character instead. It is kind of an interesting like plot that the plant does have. He's like convinced Seymour that he can get him everything and anything, but you know, he is just a plant. Like yeah. everybody's loving it, sure, like this town, but <laughs> why didn't anybody try to buy the plant when they came into the store to like we're like, oh, this plant's awesome. I'm going to come inside. There's like nobody actually tries to buy the plant. They're always like, oh, well, I need some roses while I'm here. But <laughs> I've never thought of that. Man, TV over here just blowing the plot of this movie wide open. <laughs> I was like, everybody's here for this plant, but nobody tries to buy it. If I'd gone in there and be like, oh, I want that plant. He's like, not for sale. I'm like, all right, never mind. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been more interesting yeah, if he would have like actually like fully like committed to this whole plant thing gotten kind of darker with it yeah turned into a serial killer yeah <laughs> like dexter but with a big plant that'd be awesome i would love that and then rick moranis and the plant fall in love Ooh, now <laughs> now that is a movie i would watch <laughs> <laughs> well here let me ask you this fox does this story of the remake follow the original pretty like spot on or is it uh, up until the end the end is all that fun stuff that you guys are looking for with like the grisly murders and the plant taking over New York and all that. That's where it gets changed. So this was originally a movie that got made into a musical and then this movie of the musical was made. Yes. I wonder how constrained he was plot wise on this, the writer and uh, Frank Oz's director. Yeah, that's true. I guess the original musical might have, yeah, it might have been a little harder to get like a giant Statue of Liberty and have the plant take over who knows yeah 
This movie is pretty contained in terms of set. Which is weird, right? Most people don't care for musical versions of plays because they usually don't turn out as well because you don't have the people actually singing the songs doing them. You just have actors who can sing pretty well. I'd say they all do really good singing in this, but for a movie, if you're doing a movie version of a musical, you got to do what movies are known for, right? Which is go all out. Show them something that you can't do on a Broadway play. Otherwise, it's like, why don't I just watch the Broadway play? At least that's my thought when it comes to musicals anyways. That is a really good point. I'm kind of like, why did they contain it instead of going with the whole plant getting on the Statue of Liberty and destroying New York or whatever from the pictures that I'm looking at? So Maybe that was just marketing material. Could be. That is that era of, of people lying in the marketing really bad to get you there. I mean, they still do it now, but... <laughs> yeah, just look at Gremlins. You know, everybody thought Gremlins was going to be the cute little uh, Gremlin driving around in the car, riding the bike and stuff. But it's actually these demon guys who take over to the town and, like, smoke cigarettes. And that's what they did back then. So I wonder if... I would have rather seen the plant get up and get on the Statue of Liberty, too. But... I think what we were wanting out of this was never going to happen, though. Because we want this, we lo- all love this plant. We just want more of the plant. <laughs> and the plant, maybe only, I mean, it's in the movie a decent amount, but it doesn't talk for most of it. It's not the main focus of the film. Yeah. The main focus is Rick Moranis and Ellen Green and their like love interest together and their relationship. But what we all enjoyed was everything besides that. You know, I've got a great idea that would turn this movie into what we want to see. So they're gonna, we're gonna have focus more on the plant. It's gonna get real big and start destroying New York, and then Godzilla's gonna show up, and it'll be Godzilla versus Biollante Part <laughs> Two with the Little Shop of Horrors. But it's gonna be a musical. And they're going to both have, like, singing roles and stuff. It's going to be awesome and ridiculous. You mean Godzilla (laughs) is going to get a singing role? Yeah, Godzilla's going to sing. He rears up to do his his flame breath and then lets out this guttural scream from, like, Gojira or something. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what if we redo Shin Godzilla? But we replace all the roars with Ellen Green suddenly Seymour. If we could get Ellen Green to voice Godzilla, then I would be all in on this. What a movie. <laughs> Hollywood, you hear that? Call us up. They are the monster verse. We got to get Little Shop of Horrors in on this. Yeah. Where, where's Audrey too? Hollywood has blocked you on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> I do wonder if this is an example of, you know... Where Frank Oz knew what we wanted, but the studio was like, "Mm, but the Academy and the test audience, come on, Frank. I think Frank Oz, from everything I've heard about him, he's a pretty goofy guy. He did all the Muppets and everything. He's a goofy dude. So he got to throw in his little spin on this movie, but it's all in the side characters. It's not in the main characters at all. And I'm... Glad that that stuff is in there because that made this movie actually watchable for me. Takes it from being just generic to something a little more. Something a little bit more special. It has a special 
charm to it with all these side characters and these goofy things that happen in it. Yeah, I did like the music too quite a bit. It was pretty good. Mostly when the plant's singing, of course, but... Yeah, I suppose we should talk about the music since it's a musical <laughs> and we're doing a musical category. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I might be biased because I listened to it a lot back in high school for that thing, but I thought it was pretty good. It was kind of cool to see the images that go along with it. I like that the songs in this movie were actually, they felt more like contained songs. Because for me, with musicals, a lot of the songs I feel like are in there for character development, and it doesn't always come across as a really good song to me when it goes through that way, if that makes sense at all. Like whenever like they get sad, they sing about it, or whenever like something happy happens, they they sing about it. That that kind of thing is that what you mean? Yeah, maybe we'll see it more in one of the other movies we watch for this. But if you look at something like Phantom of the Opera, where the two guys are fighting with swords and singing to each other while they're fighting with swords, you mean the new the remake with Gerard Butler? Yes, yes, that one. That song for me. It doesn't feel like a song for the purpose of being a song. It's more there for character development, I guess. I'm not a huge musical person at all, but the songs in this one, like The Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, that was a fun song that felt like a contained song to me. Yeah, because it wasn't much, it wasn't really character development. It was more about the plant being like, I'm going to kill you, and this is how I'm going to do it. (laughs) As opposed to, I can't get with Seymour because I have low self-esteem and won't leave this jerk dentist guy. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from, Mike. I prefer that kind of stuff too, I think, when it comes to musicals. Yeah, you can't do both because I'm going to use Frozen as an example, whether you love it or hate it. The song Let It Go does a good job of being a a good song, and it's also good character development for... um. Elsa. Elsa? Yeah. Like, that's a good example that gets both across. Well, and it has great visuals for that song, too, where you're just going, holy crap, look at what she can do. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that that's a good example, because that, that hits, like, every single check mark in just one song, one sequence. Yeah, a lot of Disney movies are really good at that, but when you watch something like Phantom of the Opera, it's... It feels like a different kind of song and musical number to me. That might be something I just bring up throughout our reviews on this category, but No, it's a good point and a good observation. I think what helps break up that like um I guess kind of making the songs more self-contained in this one is the use of a Greek chorus. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Which really is kind of underutilized in film. Yeah, that was awesome. Like when they came out and start singing, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Hercules. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought of, too. I was so pumped. Yeah, it was kind of even creepy a little bit when, like, what, I think it was the scene where the plant's convincing Seymour to chop up the body, and they're, like, in the shadows, just like, do it, do it. And it's like, ooh, ooh. that's kind of creepy, actually. Yeah, that was good. Like, if if they had more horror elements like that in there that were combined with a song, I think this would have been, like, awesome because you don't get a lot of horror musicals that can like pull that off like that that was like super intense and you're like holy crap i forgot about that but yeah thanks for bringing that up that was real good (laughs) that spooked me a little bit i know i'm racking my brain trying to think of like another you know there's this and rocky horror for horror musicals i guess sweeney todd but 
But yeah, the songs were good in this one. Even the main green mother from Outer Space was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I can't imagine what beat it. That's a pretty good song. Top Gun. What? But it's Lionel Richie. Boo. <laughs> can't boo Lionel Richie. You can't boo Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Top Gun is a classic. I can and I shall. If anything was going to win. I vote for Audrey 2 to win. <sighs> I think I preferred that one too, actually, over that but i mean little shop of horrors got beat for best makeup by the fly the fly came out that year okay that's fair Uh, you know that makes sense man that was a good year for movies aliens came out that year the fly top gun man that's nice i feel weird reviewing musicals because i feel like I'm nitpicking at the story and plot when the main focus is the b singing songs or whatever <laughs> well it's film right i mean it's a medium for storytelling it's supposed to be a mix of both that that's the ultimate thing right when you're taking one form of media and turning it into another one you've got to figure out what works what doesn't work and what needs to be changed you can't do a broadway play as a movie and make it work because that's just not how those two different mediums work. So are we ready for overall presentation? Yeah, so we got a scale around here that we use to rate these movies. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a spiel, and then we kind of try to average it out at the end. So there it is. What shall we choose? And also we'll be singing all of our overall presentations. <laughs> <laughs> I need some snaps, like a barbershop choir. da boop I feel weird. (laughs) I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, Yeah, I feel weird reviewing musicals because I'm I'm not huge on musicals. I haven't seen a ton of them for various reasons that we might get into with what we review later on. But I kind of put my bar for musicals as like the classic animated Disney ones like The Lion King, Jungle Book, those kind of things are – Really good blend of music numbers and story and character development. Little Shop of Horrors is very different from that. And I like the Frank Oz twist on it that we get with the side characters. The main stuff isn't very interesting to me, but the plant is awesome. Steve Martin is awesome. Some of the other side characters are awesome in this. So I'm going to give it a watch it. Yeah, that's fair. I, I also feel weird reviewing musicals. You know, I theater was once... A part of my life, and I, I enjoy musicals from time to time. But film is a weird place for them on occasion, and at the risk of sounding extremely pretentious, forgive me. I put a lot of stock into like an actor's ability to, you know, sing and perform at the same time, which are two things <laughs> that are difficult to do in tandem. And I feel like this movie does a good job of showcasing the ability to do both, even if it's not always done super well in the context of a movie, namely Ellen Green as Audrey, as a joke Mary Sue female damsel to love the main nice guy. But the puppetry is insane, some great 80s creature feature stuff going on in this one, as well as a phenomenal Greek chorus with some really fly outfits and some great songs. I gotta give it a watch it. I can't say I would own it. I've probably seen it five times now, but I've rented it every time, so. Yeah, I'm also, I'm not a huge musical guy in general, but there have been, like, a few I like. Like, 
I assumed I would like this one because, you know, I did the presentation about it and I was like, wow, you know, I made the right choice. There's some pretty cool songs in here. And yeah, I really think it enhanced the experience to actually watch the movie along with it. It was kind of cool. I got the story from just the songs, but just like seeing the actual plant singing to like my favorite tracks really added so much to it. Like that plant is amazing. The puppetry is incredible. I it's crazy how they got that thing to lip sync with all the songs and have such like emotion with it. And like, it's got such personality. Yeah, the other characters are not as strong, I don't think, but I don't really dislike any of them. My biggest complaint is, yeah, Eva Green's high pitched nasally voice, but when she's actually singing, she sounds amazing. So, um, I think I'm going to give it a watch. If they had gone a little darker with it, kind of gone all in with the whole plant, you know, chopping up bodies, that kind of thing, I really think it would have helped it for me. But I still think it's pretty good. And so, yeah, I'm going to give it a watch. So there's a lot to like in this movie. All the acting's good. There's a lot of goofy characters, namely Steve Martin and Bill Murray. The standout for me, the puppetry on the plant is awesome. Some of the best puppets work you'll see especially like with the lip syncing like uh, terry said the music's good too when i'm watching a movie musical uh, i give a lot of bonus points if the actors and actresses are actually singing themselves and if they do a good job that's even better so this one everybody sings their parts they do really good the standouts are, of course, Audrey and the plant. They do the best, um, but they also have the most experience with singing, so it makes sense. All the criticisms I had are more about the actual film quality of it as opposed to the musical quality of the film. As a film, it's not the best it could have been. They could have spiced it up more, done something different with the main characters to make them more interesting than what we got but i think in general most people aren't going to care about that since it is a musical i bet a bunch of them have seen the broadway play or listened to the soundtrack a bunch so i'm gonna give it a watch it it's worth a watch at least once i think all right so that's a watch it right from everybody yep yeah little shop of horrors run the reel certified as a watch it so I think uh, Dan had an idea for next week of what we were going to do. Right, Dan? Yeah, we're going to watch Repo, the genetic opera. Ooh, yes. This has been on my list for a while. This is, looks like a very weird one. It is weird. <laughs> Sometimes it's weird to be just weird for weird sake, I think. But I'll let you decide for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, if any of you listeners out there have any requests of anything you want us to watch, um, you can hit us up at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at runthereal. Hit us up. We want to know what you want us to watch. And also, what did you think of Little Shop of Horrors? Is it pretty good? We want to know all these things. Yes, we need help because we're not musical people. I think we all said this. Yes, except for Fox, the, the resident theater expert. He's our expert, whether he wants to be or not. And don't forget to keep an eye out for the Run the Real swimsuit calendar what? coming to you summer 2020. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where that came from, but okay. Follow on Twitter. We posted some leaks and teasers there. <laughs> leaks? <laughs> Wait a second, where are we going to... Behind do? the scenes with TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. Mm